The true purpose of fairy tales, many argue, is to teach us, especially children, a lesson. Maybe it's to make sure we don't make promises to strangers, or that we don't crawl into hidey holes just because we can. Don't stray far from the path, or the big bad wolf will eat you. We've all heard the stories, although these days they're often watered down, perhaps even to the point where the original lesson has been lost. But some fairy tales are always relevant. Children do get lost on their way, step-parents can be abusive and cruel, and sometimes a small act of kindness will be repaid a hundredfolds. Or punished for seemingly no reason. Sometimes a stranger asks you for the time, and when you answer, they take you away from your home, your friends, and your family. They carry you off to their home, and they take from you all they could want and give you just enough to make do. These are the gentry, the fair folk, the old gods. The true fae have many names, and even more faces, and these strange alien creatures call Arcadia their home, and while they are there, they can do whatever they want. Reality is like clay to them, and these godlike beings reshape themselves just as easily. But with such omnipotence also comes a certain ennui. After all, if they can make whatever they want, be whatever they want, what more is there to existence? This is why the true fae brave the dangerously mundane world of our existence, plucking us from our boring lives with the honeyed promises of luxury and excitement, and then enslave us to their whims. They change us, body and mind, to suit whatever twisted thoughts currently occupying their mind, and we are as powerless as pieces of wood being carved. We humans, unlike the gentry, are weak, frail, imperfect. We are a collective, we sometimes do selfless things. We grieve for what we've lost, and we move on. We grow old, we die. They do not understand us. Why grieve for something you lost when you can just make a new one, identical in every aspect? Why care about others when you can just make everyone care about you? Why be weak when you can be a god? So they keep us around, all twisted and bent out of shape, watch as we try and fail to please them in the myriads of ways we've been told to. They snicker as we fumble around, gradually learning about the myriad of contracts they've made with the world around them, looking down their noses on us as we, in turn, begin to make use of these ancient pacts ourselves. No one truly knows why they keep us around, when a servant made by themselves would be absolutely loyal and much more efficient at their jobs. Perhaps they enjoy watching us suffer, or maybe they want a servant that puts up at least a token bit of fight. Or maybe it's because we have a soul, or that they didn't create us. No matter the reason, sooner or later they tire of us anyway, and as they do, so do we find the means to escape. Something reminded us of who we were, who we are, and with that memory came the understanding that we do not belong in Arcadia. The world there makes sense to its denizens, but not to us. While we may have learned some of its secrets during our durance, we are not the masters of this realm like the kindly folk. So when we flee, alone or with others like us, we do so blindly. We may know the ins and outs of the Keeper's Domain fairly well, but soon enough we enter the hedge, the realm between realms, the ancient barrier separating Fae and our world, and it does not grant passage lightly. The hedge is unpredictable, maze-like, filled with wonders beyond imagination, and monsters from our darkest nightmares. 
The barbs and thorns of the hedge snare and trip us. They tear at us, ripping parts of our soul off like tatters from a coat. Suddenly we're running on two legs rather than four, or we have hands where before there were wings. We remember things, faces, places. We remember our names, our shapes. Our horns and fangs shrink, the icicles on our arms become fingers, the seaweed becomes hair. The hedge takes back much of what was done to us, and when we stagger out into our own world again, if we make it that far, our appearance is human once more. At least to those who haven't been touched by the Fae. To us, however, there are still signs, little things that hint at what once was and what might be again lest we tread carefully. But even so, the face you once had might not be the ones others see now. The mask, the weird power that protects us in this mundane world, only makes an approximate of our true face, our mean. And our bodies in turn are just less fey. We may have become tall and slender where once we were short and rotund, or we may have changed the color of our hair, our eyes, our skin. We may even have changed our sex or gender. We may have learned to embrace these changes, or we might hate them, but we cannot undo what has been done to us. For while we are no longer holy fey, we are not humans either. Each of us is unique, and within each of us lies a seed of Arcadia. Nurture it, and you might become more powerful, but with it, you will lose whatever tenuous grasp of humanity you retain. One day you might simply walk into the hedge once more, returning to a land where you truly belong and that... That is a path few changelings want to take. Once, back in our world, we will find that time may have passed, or it might not. We might have returned a mere hour after our kidnapping, or a hundred years have passed since then. We may be old and wrinkly while the world has hardly moved, or we might still be in our mid-twenties while our grandchildren lie infirm in a care home. For most changelings, the return to reality is a hard jolt. Memories you haven't had for years come flooding back, while others may be lost to you, snared in the thorns of the hedge you escaped through. A new kind of hunger fills you, not for food, although that is of course still an issue, but for glamour, the ethereal substance of emotions. You might find yourself seeking out a daycare where the unbound creativity of the children playing seeps into you, the playful and carefree glamour like buttered toast and chocolate milk. Or maybe you visit a funeral home, nourished by the raw and bittersweet sorrow of those newly bereaved. That mixture of joyful memories and the grief of knowing they will never experience anything like them again. Oh, it's like the finest wine. As long as you are close enough to experience the emotion, you can siphon some of those feelings away to sustain yourself. The stronger the feeling, the more potent the glamour. Perhaps this seems distasteful to you, feeding off others' emotions. Maybe it is. But when a changeling harvests glamour, it can often be done so subtly and gently that the person doesn't even notice. In fact, it helps take the edge off, muting that unbearable grief or tempering the excitement just a tad. Unless you decide you need more than that, of course. Reaping glamour is a heinous act, one which reminds us far too well about the cruelty of our former keepers. Forcefully extracting every little drop of emotion from a human might fill your belly, but it leaves them ravaged, hollowed out and emotionless for a long time after. Subject a human to the reaping one too many times, and they might never recover from it. You have been warned. Now with your hunger sated, 
you will soon come to find that there are many others like you. Although our masks hide our true visage from humanity, we can see right through them. That menacing bouncer at the nightclub? No surprise that he's a literal ogre, resisting the urge to gobble down potential troublemakers. And that model who's all the rage on Instagram? Who would have thought that she was a glass princess, chiseled into timeless perfection with a crystal smile and a glint in her eyes? Us changelings are the only ones who know what you've been through, the only ones who truly understand. Sure, others can offer their condolences, if they actually believe you and don't just get you an appointment with a doctor, but they can't really understand what it's like spending years with an abuser whose whims and wishes seem to make sense only to themselves. Where the smallest mistake could cause the most severe punishment, while a, a bigger mess-up might not even warrant a glance or a comment. We Changeling understand you, and we take you in. Freeholds are all over the world, tiny havens for our kind, where we can be ourselves, where we can heal. They might be an apartment building, or a fairground, or anything in between, but it's where we make our home. Of course, we know how to defend ourselves too. Sometimes the fair folk try to get us back if the fancy strikes them, but this time we are ready. This time we won't go along merrily. This was a short introduction to Changeling the Lost, and in my next episode I will talk a bit more about some aspects of what being a Changeling is like, focusing on seeming kith and court. I'd like to thank my faithful neonates and the Ancilla Edward Reed for their continued support of my work, and thank you for listening. Now remember, three knocks and a cough keeps the huntsman away, but three coughs and a knock invites him to stay.